0: A leader in the pharmaceutical industry takes on the job of director of the Program in Personalized Health at the University of Utah. We'll talk with him next on The Scope. Examining the latest research and telling you about the latest breakthroughs, the Science and Research Show is on The Scope. Dr. Deer, today is your first day at work, is that right? That's correct. (laughs) Congratulations. Well,
1: thank you. It's nice to be here.
0: (laughs) So Let's start from the basics. What is personalized health?
1: We um, frequently use, whether it's hypertension or for cholesterol or, or other maladies, we used a sometimes a one-size-fits-all approach to mm-hmm. um, treating a patient. But we now, now know that different patients can respond differently to any particular intervention. Patients have different genetic profiles are, and are impacted by different environmental circumstances. And I have been in the pharmaceutical industry, so I think mostly in terms of the use of medicines or the use of drugs. First of all, one example uh, in terms of cancer, which uh, many people know about, um, in terms of the women with breast cancer who are HER2 positive, mm-hmm. and these these subset of this subset of patients, which is about thirty percent of the breast cancer patients, will respond to Herceptin, which is a HER2 antibody. When you look at breast cancer, when you look at colorectal cancer, now it is important that we um, genotype these patients um, uh, so, th- so that we understand their genomic profiles of the tumor and provide much more individualized therapy. Then more broadly, as you look at personalized health, you know, one could potentially expand our thinking around this um, toward um, preventive interventions. And by preventive interventions, I don't just mean cancer screening or other types of screenings like blood pressure, or glucose screenings, but it could mean um, different nutritional um, approaches, mm-hmm. um, different approaches toward how one looks at weight-bearing exercise, or the broad kind of the broad um, arena of of what people would put under the generally the wellness category of of types of interventions.
0: And does it always come back to genomics or genetics, or can there be other ways to figure out what personalized care someone needs? The
1: short answer to your question is: I think there 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 are, there are different ways. Um, the, there has been so, such an explosion of information about the entire the human genome, mm-hmm. and um, you know, um, the, the, um, uh, the expression of different proteins um, that, that our bodies form from the human genomes, that genetics becomes, and imp- certainly the centerpiece of um, a personalized um, health approach. So I think there are there there are different ways ranging from you know family history and the like, but genetics plays a critical role and the in and, and utah in in that regard, one of the tremendous attractions um, for returning to Salt Lake City is that um you know the in, in the researchers here have really been pioneers in in unlocking some secrets of of the human genome through the, the genio- for, through their family studies in cardiovascular disease, um, the neurosciences.
0: Yeah, well, that brings me to my next question. Um, you you have spent, I think, 25 years in the pharmaceutical industry, uh, the last 11 years at Amgen, this senior vice president, and you also spent time at Eli Lilly, and now you're coming to academia. Um, why the switch?
1: Well, some might say maybe it's a midlife crisis, <laughs> um, I guess. Um, I think the the leadership here is is dynamic and visionary. I think the desire to to transform, you know, the healthcare delivery system to gradually improve um the the care that patients receive and that being first and foremost was was an important role um in the decision making along with the spirit of trying to translate Research findings, you know, whether they're in the genetics arena, whether they're in the molecular medicine arena, to something that's tangible that that benefits patients. So this this link between basic research um, findings Mm -hmm. and and impacting patients and and ultimately improving the value of our healthcare system or our healthcare delivery to patients. Kind of that entire um, that entire package there i found very very appealing
0: and when you talk about moving say basic research to patient care you know do you see th- this program as bringing basic research to to that to a point where you can then hand it off to pharmaceutical industry or or how do you see that playing out
1: you know this is that's a that's a great question because i think we're entering into a very dynamic field we have I think not done a particularly good job in industry in terms of developing innovative new medicines over the past twenty years. all right um, hopefully it 's not coincident with my time in industry, but it has been that time if you look at the data and what did the data show, show us that when I joined industry, it took about two hundred and fifty million u s dollars to to for every new drug that was approved by the FDA. And right now, when you look at the numbers of new drug approvals and the cost and the cost of of research and development it 's in the two billion you know range so fundamentally, we are becoming less efficient and less effective in bringing new medicines to the marketplace. So I hope that there's a more blurring, a a greater collaboration, a public-private partnership in all areas, whether it's for target identification, okay, one of the things you alluded to. Yes, I hope that our insights into genetics can help to identify new targets that could potentially interdict um, receptors, enzymes, and the like, and, and cure human disease, so, I hope for that, and I also hope for a greater partnership in in later phases of development that heretofore have been in the domain of of industry, but which we, in terms of you know um good clinical researchers in academia, can also play a role in in a period of time where there is an absolute revolution in terms of of biology, absolute revolution in terms of biology and our understanding. And deeper understanding of the link between genetics and molecular medicine and the like. But this biologic revolution, this is an extraordinarily exciting time to to be still active and still be responsible for hopefully doing good things for, for patients, which is our ultimate goal. Interesting,
0: informative, and all in the name of better health. This is the Scope Health Sciences Radio.